You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Take one. Knock, knock. Who does? Receiving a Dana and we can't believe you thought I'd look in podcast. It's my podcast. We're so glad you're listening to it. We would never listen to it. I don't even want to listen to it to edit it. I don't even want to wake up in the morning. Stephen and Dana and we're in the room. It's the thing that introduces you to any show, and it's the thing that stays behind when the show closes. So it's sort of there forever. Hello, hello, hello in the rumors. I hope all of you are having such a wonderful start to your summer and are excited for the Tony Awards this weekend. I know Stephen and I are. I just wanted to interject here and tell you guys very quickly to keep an eye on our Instagram at in the room pod because we will be doing a ticket raffle throughout the summer um, on our off weeks. And that is thanks to our partnership with Broadway Crew. And you can also follow them at Broadway Crew on Instagram. Um, The reason for this is because we will be recording throughout the summer, but we will only be doing one per month. Um, The summer is very crazy. Um, As you can imagine, people are relaxing. We hope that you are full up on activities and are hanging out, enjoying the weather. We're so excited to drop this episode today, you guys. It's with Frank Fravor Verlizzo. He is an iconic poster designer of Broadway shows, off-Broadway shows, special events, the Tony Awards, and he has a new book out um, called Fravor by Design. And you can get that wherever you buy books, maybe Amazon Prime. We'll put a little link to it in our description here. Um, And also keep an eye on our Instagram for this episode because we do talk about a lot of the posters that he designed. And so for the visual element, we will be posting, you know, as many as Instagram will let us, about 10 posters for you to also refer to during this episode. Um, We're so excited. We went up to Connecticut. Uh, He and his partner, Joe, made a gorgeous brunch for us. And they live in this great house with a lot of memorabilia, you know, 68 different kinds of clue games, um, and a lot of Elizabeth Taylor stuff and so many books and records. And it was just a really lovely afternoon. We're very excited to drop this. Um, we're very lucky to talk to these people who've had an impact on our lives. And I recommend getting a podcast for, for anyone. Um, we're very excited that you guys have listened for two years. So thank you so much. 
again, keep an eye on our Instagram for raffles that we'll be doing throughout the summer. Um, we're also sponsored by Drink Babe, so we hope that you're drinking Babe Rosé. Enjoy. Enjoy. We just came from an incredible brunch. Arguably the most incredible brunch. I've, I don't think I've I ever had a better brunch. I can't think of a better one I've had in Manhattan. <laughs> Absolutely not, because we have to pay for those. Yeah. Well, we paid for our train ticket here. We are... Dun, 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 on tour! <laughs> our first field trip ever. We are in Connect Kick Ticket. This is also a PSA that we do travel and... Please book us in your We're local... We're serious about that. We travel to you. We are yeah. in the town of Stratford. We're Stratford wives. Stratford wives, Stratford <laughs> upon Avon lady, Connecticut. <laughs> and uh, you guys, fresh air, underrated. Water views, water features. We saw butterflies. We've seen a blue jay and a cardinal. Playing together. <laughs> All right, so back to it. I'm Stephen, and you're Dana, and this is In the Room with Stephen and Dana. Where we talk to gorgeous folks who work in entertainment and theater, who are also wonderfully verbal, and we will introduce our guest very soon, but first, we need to catch up a little bit. Oh, I mean, all I have to say is that um, Viral Plague visited my <laughs> house, and everyone was sick. Welcome to the stage, Viral Plague! <laughs> uh, so we were sick for a long time, Uh but, thank God we were sick in bed because we got to watch Wine Country. <gasps> I have thoughts on Wine Country. Tell it to us, Stephen. Tell it to the children. Well, I mean, obviously, Netflix original film with all of your favorite funny ladies ever. I mean, Amy Poehler. Maya Rudolph. Um, Emily Spivey. Thank you. Paula Pell. Paula Pell. Rachel Paula Dratch. Pell. Paul, wait, hold on. Paula Pell needs her own 20-minute segment. Sorry, Frank. Just <laughs> just hold on. <laughs> just one second. Paula Powell has been a writer for SNL for till the end of time. She she did the uh, um, Debbie Downer. She wrote Debbie Downer. She wrote the Spartans. She wrote um, literally everything. She is, I don't even know why I'm saying this. She's, she is the unsung hero of this film. She's absolutely sung. She is the star of this film. This fine film. I mean, everyone's saying, oh, there's this new Amy Poehler movie, or there's this new Maya Rudolph movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. No one's saying there's this new Paula Pell movie. Well, the... I am saying there is a new Paula Pell movie. <laughs> there's a new Paula Pell movie. We are getting t-shirts made, necklaces made, the all Laura the merch. The Laura Pell's Theater should rename itself <laughs> to the Paula Pell Theater. Bell's Palsy should actually be called Pell's Palsy. Paula Pell Palsy. Um, because she has rendered... Rendered me speechless. I can't. Listen, is it actually a great film? Probably not. I love it, and we'll watch it anytime anybody wants me I to. I think I'm seeing it for a third time tonight. Yeah. Well, think of it this way. It's called Wine Country. They are drunk the whole time. Why shouldn't And it progresses as such. Thank you. The first third of the movie, I would give an A to... It's for your first glass or two. It is. It's like they're in a restaurant. This is where you want them to be. It's giving you content. It's giving you stuff you have to know. Yeah, they're, they're making sure you understand their little references, their humor, and you're like, oh, I got it. This is so specific. This I'm is good. your friend, too. Yeah, I'm your friend, too. Now you've had a couple of glasses. Cherry Jones enters. 
You're getting a little buzzy. Gets a little woo-woo. Cherry Jones, need I say more? So you drink a little faster drink and probably faster. the less good stuff because you're already a little buzzed. <laughs> right, you break out that... Uh, <laughs> what, uh, I don't want to say... We need to rephrase that. <laughs> Uh, you break out that... If you someone pr- brought a, a bottle of, like, the seven ninety nine something that's this time. That's a good time for that. Yeah. Start with your cans of Babe. Get through that four-pack. Then move on. Thank you. To the seven ninety nine. Then we're in the second third of the movie. I would give that a B, B- minus because y- you gotta hang on a little bit. You gotta hang on for dear life. Yeah. Last third of the movie, people are rolling down hills, throwing themselves... Off hills. Voluntarily. Voluntarily. There's paella. And it's arguably the point in the film where they're the most sober. (laughs) They talk about doing Molly. My biggest gripe is that they don't ever do the Molly. They just talk about doing Molly. Yeah, poor Anna Gasteyer. Anna Gasteyer! Anna Gasteyer! Why are we just talking about... She's a queen! Anyway, see the movie. I think the last third is like a C-, but a good C-. Like... Keep in mind you've had four cans of Babe <laughs> and a bottle of seven ninety nine, And then like, you know, two forties of, yeah. I don't know. Something. I was at CVS picking up a prescription yesterday and somebody was picking up their prescription while drinking a 40 and the pharmacist didn't say anything about it. This is America. Friday at noon. Is anyway. the name of this podcast. Get into it. What have you been up to? Have you been sick? Have you been watching Wine Country? No. I had a physical. I went to go see Hillary and Clinton. Oh, yeah. We went the same day, but not together. Yes. Lori Metcalf, John Lithgow are playing... Have you seen it yet? No. Highly recommend. (laughs) Yeah. Hillary and Bill Clinton. I love both of them. In a specific point in time in 2008. It could have been done at the duplex. It is showing Broadway, like... You don't have to play by anyone's rules. Lori Metcalf can come out with a microphone and say, and now this is act two. What? It How really dare you? really highly recommend. They leave everything it's on the stage. It's what you think. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's a comedy. John did not know it was a comedy until we were on our way there. We were picking up the tickets and he saw on the marquee, oh, it's a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Hillary Clinton can be funny if played by Lori Metcalf. <laughs> So can Bill, if played by John Lithgow. And scene. Shall we? Speaking of scenes. We made quite a scene today at brunch. This is post-brunch. We are sitting down with... Post-brunch. The iconic. <laughs> the internationally known. The... The creme de la creme. The set dressing for my childhood bedroom... Take it away. Frank Verzillo. No, said it wrong. <laughs> Brunch. Frank Verlizzo. Verlizzo, also known as Fravor. Frank right? Fravor. Yep, Frank Fravor. Which is obviously a mashup of first and last name. Yep. Why that? Why Fravor? How did that come to How be? did that ha- That happened in high school. That happened in high school? When none of my... I went to high school of art and design on East 57th Street in Manhattan, which I loved. But none of my teachers could pronounce my last name. So everyone, of course, would sign all of their artwork with their last name. 
and I never got a correct pronunciation. I thought I have to do something about that. So to this day, I just shortened it. Well, it's because Lizzo didn't exist she in did your not day, exist. but now you can be like, my last name is like Lizzo, <laughs> but put a ver in front of it, right? And everyone will know what you're talking about. Except it took me an awfully long time to establish flavor, so I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay, fine. Right. I tried. <laughs> Has a nice ring to it. It really does. Please tell us, Stephen. Or, no, Stephen. Stephen. What posters Fravor is um, known for? In my world, my first introduction was Sunday in the Park with George and Sweeney Todd. Two very iconic posters. To a broader audience, a more 2019 audience, mm-hmm. uh, The Lion King. The Lion King. Ah. Uh. For one... What else? From the book cover alone. It's kind of incredible. It's like too much to even comprehend because it's <laughs> such... They're iconic. Before they're in everyone's... There was, before there was Spotco. Before Scott Frost worked at Spotco. Right. Throwing back to a previous episode. Before there was Photoshop. There was Frank <laughs> making art. And there's a book. It's called... Fravor by Design, Five Decades of Theater Poster Art from Broadway, Off-Broadway, and Beyond. And it, first of all, is gorgeous. And it details everything you have done. Almost. Well, close. Close. What's the percentage of of what you've done here um, for theater? I'm really bad with percentages, but I probably, there are 250 posters in the book, and I've probably done closer to 400. Would it be fair to say that it starts from the mid-70s to... Yeah, the late 70s. Um, Well, yeah, probably the mid-70s to now. And this book came out in 2018. Yes, last year. This is the year anniversary of the book. Congrats. It's gorgeous. I I saw... Thank you. I went through every single page on the train up here, which is why... Oh, good. Perfect. Yes. Um... Two things. I ha- I'm from Wisconsin, went to school uh, in Wisconsin at Stevens Point. There are two productions that you did the poster of. The only two that I think my professors would have been in here for. Um... Oh, right here. So you did The Young, young Man, Man from, from Atlanta, Atlanta right and here. my professor's name is on there. Ah, who was your professor? Stephen Trevilian. Uh-huh. And you did Freud's last session yes which my professor Tyler Marchant directed hmm. here and so I was, I was, that was a personally great show. I was like oh these two that I've heard about in college you d- you did them for it rewinding how did so you went you always knew that you wanted to design you went to an art school. yes I went to art high school art I always high knew high school yes like that's deep yeah it was a very it was a specialty school and you had to take, I think, three art exams to see if you could get in. One was a life drawing. One was showing a portfolio. I forgot what the third one was. Maybe it was academic. I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, it was kind of a grueling process, but it was great. And the school was unbelievable. Still there. Different building right around the corner. But it's the same school, and it's a fantastic art school. And then... Out of high school, I mean, you, you seem to have started working pretty immediately. Uh, you, well, yeah, I guess in the grand scheme of things. Once I, well, in college, it just never to feels give that you. Way. No, I was going to say it doesn't. <laughs> but in college, I was very, very lucky because in my sophomore and senior year, my illustration teacher was David Bird, 
who designed the original Follies poster, Godspell, Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, he was amazing, and he had class uh, in his home, in his studio in Brooklyn. Uh, and he was a great influence. But I think he saw something in my work mm-hmm. that applied to what he knew was going on in theater art. So when I was getting ready to graduate, he suggested I show my portfolio to Blaine Thompson Agency, which was the only theatrical ad agency in New York. They handled, well, maybe 95% of the theater in New York. There was one other agency that did like 5%. But it was an amazing place. They didn't hire me right away. Talk about it didn't happen overnight. (laughs) But uh, once I started, I was working in the production department, which meant I was putting ads together and designing layouts for quote ads and um, announcement ads for the New York Times. And then segued into designing. I would, <clears throat> at, after six o'clock, I was able to access any scripts I wanted to read, design, do whatever I wanted, but I couldn't do it during the work hours. That wasn't my job. But the more... Clients were choosing my designs, the less I had to do production and the more I was asked to design. So that's how it all started. I was in the right place at the right time. And you wanted to very specifically do theater, yes, Broadway. I'm an entertainment, theater. Well, being a New Yorker, you know, yeah. I'm a native New Yorker. Yeah. So theater was, that's what, that's what it is. It's fantastic. And being in your home, I mean, your, your appreciation for film posters as well. I also, I grew up loving, loving, and collecting film posters. And, and movie soundtracks. Wall is something I'm drooling over. <laughs> what was your very, what was your first big project? What was your, the first one that was, all right, Frank, take it and go. Uh, I had designed a, it actually had nothing to do with, Broadway or theater per se, but I had designed a Prescott cover for Stevie Wonder's new album, Songs of the Key of Life, which had not been released yet. The most iconic on Stevie, page 15 and, Stevie Wonder. Is your book. <laughs> and I designed this Prescott cover, and then they asked me to design a billboard to match the Prescott cover. And that basically, that billboard, which Spanned where the Marriott Marquis is right now. Ooh. It's a huge block long billboard. Oh, that was the first thing. Yeah, that's the marquee. That yeah, marquee. I mean, it was a huge, huge, huge billboard, and it was the last thing that was ever on there before they knocked it down for the hotel. So that was the first biggie, and then followed by Death Trap and Travesties. Those were the two first sure. theater posters, and I think they they got, well Travesties won Best Play. And uh, Death Trap was nominated for Best Play, so they got a lot of attention. This is 1975, 76, 77. Yeah, around there. Yeah. Um, obviously, there at that time, there were not computers that could drag and drop and select no. all and do for you. I so wish. How did you approach, <laughs> how did you approach Tell us what it? it was like. I well, you, you in would my could, head, you're like cutting and pasting. Absolutely. Abso- well, depending on... on how I wanted to do it because the one fabulous thing about theater art is you can do whatever you want to, to get to the end that you're, you're visualizing. Mm -hmm. So I would use cut paper, rip paper. I would illustrate, I would paint, I would draw, I would, you know, use We had a photostat machine in the office, which was very high tech state of the art at the time. So I would use that. 
I also was very big on, and you'll see in the early works, very big on using a Xerox copier so that I would distress a lot of the pieces of art and they would look antiqued. And that was my sort of uh, modus operandi for a lot of the stuff I did. And um, But you, you physically had to do the piece of art. To present it to a client who wanted to know where the billing was going to go, where the where's the star's name, where's mm-hmm. my name, where's yes, the director going? The politics. We would of the have poster. to have type set outside of our office. You'd have to do a layout, uh-huh. send it to a typographer, and then they would send it back. And you would put it on films, film overlays. So you would put then put that over the piece of art so they could see where the the like type. Sleeping Beauty. Kind of, yeah. It was very much like animation. Almost like cells. Yep. That's what they looked like. My mind is blown. I can't even draw a circle. Looking through <laughs> this book is like a museum of everything that you have seen throughout your life and knowing that it came from one person <laughs> whose loft I'm sitting in. It's so stupid. Yes. This life is dumb. Uh, so, I, so I get so distracted just... Looking at it. And um, it's not even like you have a particular brand of style. No, All of these are very don't. different. Yes, absolutely. And that, I think, was the one thing that allowed me to do as much as I did. Because if I, I read a that. script and I thought, you know, I think this needs, you know, a, a full-blown illustration. That's yeah. what I would do. Or read it and think it's got to be really simple. You know, my one and only I did with flat pieces of cut paper because I knew the set was geometric shapes and very simple. And Mm -hmm. so I just sort of did not have a style. And actually that was a big criticism in my school years was that I did not have a specific style. Like Frank, brand yourself. Was that your note? Yeah. We, you know, we would want to know know the minute we look, exactly. We want to know the minute we look at this, that you did it. And it's like, "Mm -hmm." well, no, then you're not intuiting the different people that you're working with. Like every production is different. Absolutely. And that's why I think I was able to work so well on so many different projects at the same time was because I thought, I thought specifically for that project. You did Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. And the poster for Baby. <laughs> Those are two completely different aesthetics. And yep, you totally. got, you nailed both of them. Thank you. One of your favorite things, and I don't want to step on this, is, is the Into the Woods Junior. Oh, really? For the Kennedy Center. Because <laughs> it makes so much sense, and it's not too much. I'm a fan of a simplicity. I mean, I'm on I'm on page 36, <laughs> looking at Judy K. at Reno Sweeney. And when I first got this book, it obviously you just you flip through and you stop at the things that make you sweat. Um, and reading what she has to say about it, specifically, she I'm not I won't read from the book, but she had just done on the 20th century, and she was trying to establish herself separate from the character mm-hmm. and she was known as a blonde and she was not and in this poster you it's just her eyes her nose and her mouth and she says you know in the cabaret you meet Judy the brunette and i think that is so smart and so it it clearly works i look at this and i want to go see Judy K at Reno Sweeney as soon as possible <laughs> 
also <coughs> as Reno Sweeney. Yeah. If anyone wants to produce that, she'd be a great Reno Sweeney. <laughs> how many how many notes do you get, and how much of it is you just being like, give me three keywords and I'm gonna go and do my thing? Well. I always read the script, which okay. I have to say, once again, through agency life and a lot of my, once I became art director and creative director, part of my job was to hire other designers to work on the shows I was designing for as well, mm-hmm. just so that we would get a rounded presentation of thinking. A lot of them just don't like to read. They'd say, oh, well, I don't want to read that script. Just tell me what it's about. And I'd say, you really need to read the script. That's where you're getting all yeah. the... And you can't go see it. No, we well, no, people. way, way ahead of time. This we is, worked like the a year before. Yet. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it wasn't cast, so you knew it wasn't going to be a major star. But you know, you're working imagination. Yeah, and that was wonderful. But I did get, you know, before I started working, I would meet with the producers or the writer or the director or whoever was going to be most vocal about the advertising and they would tell me their thoughts on the show and then but but then I was able to go off and do whatever I wanted no one was there saying oh don't do that oh no no you know they would do that afterward when I made my presentation like oh no I don't like that or but at least I was able to just sort of get it all out how many drafts happen? You do that the first. Exactly you, you do the first one and then what's what are the most drafts you've ever done and what what are the Least amount of drafts. Pre-technology, mm-hmm. probably the, the page you happen to be on, page Adult's 40. Life, was Which is so ma- cool massive. to see what was on the poster yes. with everything that wasn't right. around it and being able to look at it and say, okay, well, this is what I know about Adult's Life. This is what, okay, I see. So That's what my theater nerd loves to do. Right. I love to see the stuff that didn't work or right. didn't. End up in the right. Final Did not draft. Have, right. Absolutely. I had done for Doll's Life. Um, actually, it was in L.A. It started in L.A. and they flew me out there because they needed new advertising. The advertising they had started with was not going over very well, so they flew me there, and I had to do the artwork in the three days I was slotted to be there. So I had to see the show as soon as I got there. Then I was holed away. For two days doing this. And I knew the the great thing was, at least I knew the style, because the set and all the design was based on Edward Monk, the Scream. He he was the artist of the Scream. His lithographs and etchings. All fluid lines. And it all looked like what the set design looked like. So I knew that that was what we were going for. So at least I had, that was narrowed down for me. Sure. And I did 12 totally different poster designs in my little hotel room. Uh, And the day I had to show it, uh, the press agent brings me to the theater. She throws me in this little green room and she says, oh, Hal will be here in a minute. And I had been told it was just going to be Harold Prince and myself, me showing him these Mm -hmm. sketches. So while I'm waiting for him to show up, uh, Comden and Green, Betty Comden and Adolf Green came in. I was like, oh, oh my God. So I just introduced myself. I just thought they came in to say hello. Yeah. Well, they sat down. Before Harold Prince got there, about 15 people were in the room. 
he walked in and said, okay, let's see them. And I was like, really? Anyway, so I pulled out the first one, showed it, and he said, no, next. And I really got like this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. Showed the second one, and he said, that's it. I love it. That's it. And everybody was agreed and said, oh, it's fabulous, fabulous. And I said, well, I have 10 more. And he said, put them away. I don't want to see them. And they all left the room in about two seconds. And that was how that piece of art. When you know, you know. That's not the, I think it's the page before. Yep, that's it. So I didn't personally think it was the best of the lot, but he didn't even see 10 of them. So, Wow. Um, Which is wow. right. <laughs> um, I assume it, it was. Yes, it did. It's that one at the bottom. Yep, that was my favorite. It was interesting to see on the Lion King page, you obviously have the the poster of Lion King, and then you have three different lions. And the one that it should have been is the poster. (laughs) It's so clear. Well, you know, in retrospect, and and this goes across the board with every show I've ever seen, and no matter who did the artwork. Because once again, in the ad agency, if I was working with a piece of art, for a show, and I didn't particularly think the piece of art was that great. Yeah. Once I saw the show, it would make perfect sense to me Ooh. why the producers gravitated to that piece. So it always makes sense, but unfortunately, there are shows that you don't see. And right. you know, you're still left with this poster and think, oof, that was the best they could do for this. And I but, imagine it's it's a small pool of people that that make theater poster so you know those other artists right and you I'm sure you're up for the same jobs and I, I don't know what I'm trying to say without being catty about it but like <laughs> seeing something and thinking well I, I liked my idea better oh well but once you've gone through the process enough you realize that if this is the poster everybody is gravitating toward I the last thing I want to do is try to convince them to use that one. Because ultimately, if the show's a disaster, your poster was the blame. Whereas as long as they were the ones that, you know, they focused on this, this is what they liked, this is what they wanted, at least that responsibility was sort of off your, your table. Sure, you didn't sure. have to worry about that. Sure. And the, the turnover on... Broadway and off-Broadway in New York anywhere is so great that there's never not more posters No, there, it, it really, in each agency I worked at, the product coming through, the, the, the number of shows coming through was so massive that you couldn't really get attached to any one thing sure. for very long. Is there a particular show that you were up for and maybe didn't, didn't get, get to do and... I was sort to of this day you would still love to. I was sort of neck and neck with Into the Woods. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I knew it, and I was very upset that I wound up not getting it. Mm-hmm. But not that we don't love. What we do love that poster. Be, yes, do. we do. But I still would have. You know, that was a perfect example. It's like, oof! I think mine is better than that. But you know, once you saw the show, it was like, oh my god, this makes perfect sense. Of course. Mm-hmm. I have to say, seeing the Valerie Harper Cholula Bankhead looped that many years ago, so 2010, I loved what she looked like in this. Like that picture, you can't get a better I know, expression. It was, this is 
<laughs> Nailed it. To give you just little backstage secrets please. with how some of this, this oh, art is please. done. Oh. I, in doing the research for this, because it had played out of town, I don't remember where, and they had supplied me with a couple of photos just to show me what she looked like. And I just happened on one photo of her at a curtain call where she was taking a bow and laughing. I added her her arms and hand and drink and cigarette and all that stuff. That was not in the picture. Bless you, because it's... Well, that sort of nails to Lula. But that expression on her face and the way her hair fell and the lighting, everything was perfect. She has stars in her eyes. I mean, she is glistening. So that, that was an example of... I had something to work with because she had been photographed already. Sometimes that's not the case yeah. at all. You but had an it, element. it was a perfect, perfect photo of her. Yeah. And I love it, the added knowledge of knowing that the arms weren't there, but you thought, <laughs> look, I made a hat where there never was a hat. Like, I'm going to put some arms and a cigarette there. We've had pictures of Stephen when, when we take the final photo with our guest and he's like, I need to fix my hair. I'm going to put a hat on my head. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> Steven's going to Photoshop. Yeah, well, it could happen. Oh, my God. And you did three Tony Awards. Sorry, I'm just going through the yes, book kind I of did. page by page because it's No, it's good to do that. A, I, I don't I have questions. miss anything. Yeah, yeah, I had questions. Mm. Um, and as it is Tony season, uh, how is designing for the Tony Awards different than designing for a specific piece? There's no script to read for the Tony No, there's no script. And quite honestly, they, I I think maybe they have themes now, but when I was doing them, like around 2000 stuff, they didn't have themes. So it was like design a poster for the Tony Awards. Great. Yeah, period. Ooh, what a great um, So you would just sort of, yeah, it is a great assignment. If you'd like to design a poster for the Tony Awards, (laughs) send it to us (laughs) um, and we'll post them. Fan art. Listeners, we have entered into an illicit partnership with the folks over at Broadway Crew. Broadway who? Broadway Crew! Broadway Crew is the trusted name in New York City when it comes to Broadway and off-Broadway tickets. With a full-time presence at TKTS and Times Square, come see them to get the scoop on the best. (laughs) Go get your scoop! Honey, two scoops! Come see them to get the scoop on the best tickets at the best prices. Their mission is to match every person to their show and to raise you up and elevate the art of in-person theater promotion. They are offering In The Room listeners $55 off tickets to King Kong on Broadway. You can use code KK as in King Kong, PNM as in perfectly normal mammogram 928 only at telecharge.com. We saw it. And it was a spectacle. And I went in skeptical. And this skeptic was turned into a spectic. Follow them on Instagram at Broadway Crew or check them out online at broadwaycrew.com. And we've arrived at Lion King. This, I mean, and you talk about it a little bit, um, I believe in your introduction. You know, being a kid growing up in New York and watching them put up the posters for Big movies. Big and, movies, big plays, yes. the, the things that you've loved. And then walking through Times Square and seeing this guy bigger than this room. 
what is that? For like 20 years. Yeah. That's yeah. the best part. That's the part you're looking at. 1997 like, is when the line came. It's been there for like came. 20 years. Yeah. It's unbelievable. What on earth does it feel like to see that in any language? Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's, just say, it's fantastic. I did that. How did you do this? Well, you could see from the sketches that this was another talk about, I think I... I I was working at Gray Entertainment, and Disney was just starting their theater. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney Theatrical? Yeah. Shout out. So it was a big deal that they were now coming to Broadway. So we really, at Gray Advertising, blew out the stops, and our presentation probably had close to 100 posters. Just like the room was filled with these posters. I personally, in doing mine, just thought it my memory from the film was just a little cave painting of Simba's head. And that was, you know, that was what I took from it. And I thought that's, that makes the most sense to me. Just keep it simple. I picked out a taxi cab yellow because taxi cabs were all over New York and it was a great color yellow. And I think the simplicity of it is what, um, captured them basically. Sure. And, and these were hand-drawn. You drew yeah. these. these mm-hmm. were... Well, the mask design, the, the Lion King's face mm-hmm. was designed already. That was given to me. Because all, just the, the ma- face part, Just not the this main. part. Yeah, not the main. Um, oh, I see. I see. They see all them? have the and same through line the same of the same face. face. Yes, it's and the And then face. the main is the main all different. Is more interesting that you, you were given a partially complete thing. And then, and you can see there's three yeah, different here, options. Yeah, here, the face is lost. The face is too much. This is Cher. Yeah, this is Cher at the 1980s. Well, and you'll whatever. also notice yeah. they're all circles. Uh-huh. Yes. So this part is of the, kilter. right, part of the criticism was they thought it was too rounded. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was going off circle of life, so I just <gasps> subliminally was This one is everything. legit a circle. Yeah. This is a little uh, more scraggly. But I actually have a, a prototype hat downstairs I can show you with the original sketch, which I looks nothing like this, before I knew that there was a mask, a legitimate yeah. mask phase. I did, I probably did this the year after you did this. I was in eighth grade. So 1998. I did a stained glass of the Lion King. So I have this. It's about this big at home. Ah! I was like doing your artwork just like piece by piece in Wisconsin. So shout out well, to it's my a great, self. It's a great little exercise and I've used it uh, when I speak to students of uh, just giving them the lion's face and asking them to draw a new mane. Mm-hmm. To just use their imagination and, and see what they could do with it and it's a great fun thing yeah oh i love that so much mine would be so bad. and it's and it's easy <laughs> enough because it, it's kind of like a barcode you know it's well yeah it's lines it's, shooting it's, off of the face and it's you could do it with a black marker just you should get you just scan that with your you iphone and see if something comes up <laughs> you don't need anything uh better than a flare pen do you do a lot of teaching uh not that i actually have classes but i speak at schools uh, actually I'm doing a, I was asked to do, be a judge for the 50th anniversary of Woodstock, which is next month. Wow. They have a huge poster contest for the 50th anniversary of Woodstock poster. So my 
ex-teacher David Bird. <laughs> yes. And I were judges on this panel. So that was a lot of fun. But we're going to do workshops when we're there because they have a year-long celebration. But on June 5th, we're actually doing a workshop at Bethel Woods. You might see Lizzo. That would be you might great. See Stephen, me. Stephen, we're leaving. Um, I've wanted... I don't know. We're moving into chapter two, the Sondheim <laughs> section. I bought this poster. An original front of house with the gold trim and all framed at the Broadway Cares Equity Flight Aids flea market. And it is the first thing that gets hung up in the apartment. I mean, it is... I'm it, glad it's to It's the hear first it. thing you see when you walk in. I mean, <laughs> first of all, what? What? Oh, oh yeah, she's tattooed on my body. <laughs> Let me see that. I didn't even see that. Oh my God, how fabulous is tattooed. that? Tattooed and backwards, because like if you're in I the painting... I was going to say, she's flopped. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously grew up with this album before I knew how to look at anything with eyes at all it took me years to even notice that what makes this poster so great and i i mean (laughs) isn't that the point for it to be great and you not necessarily know exactly why yet and then you see the play and you go that's it right that's well tell the listeners what you're oh i'm putting it sunday in the park with george how uh you know the all the information is on the left-hand side. And on the right-hand side, you see the top half of who you know as uh, Dot and Jules. The Surratt painting. The Surratt painting. In the painting. And then it's torn, like a torn image. And below are 1980s shoes and jeans. Like a career gal with yeah. with a pantyhose and a high heel. And then like a tight jean and a cowboy boot moment. Uh how did this idea pop into your head? And you said, like, you read the script first, and I know that this script wasn't done for a long time. Right. I was given the script, you know, I was handed the script, and they said, here, read this, see what you think. But it was only act one. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was an act two. So I asked about it. I said, well, well, where's act two? And they said, well, it's not written yet. Playwrights Horizons at the time? It wasn't even there yet. It wasn't even there yet. It wasn't there yet. Great. It was... Soon, but it wasn't there yet. And I asked, you know, what is it about? And they said, well, uh, they're not sure yet, but it takes place 100 years later. And, you know, I asked a lot of questions, but I wasn't getting answers. You know, like, mm-hmm. what is she, what's her character now? What is it? Zippo. <laughs> Which was good and bad, because then I just went off and did what I wanted. So I did three posters. That was one of them. Uh, I had to present them at the Schubert organization, which always would make me very nervous because their offices are very corporate and wood-paneled and very old-world theater, mm-hmm. uh, which was a lot of fun in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they loved this right away. They mm. said, this is it. Uh, and uh, it never changed. And I think I really do believe, since I worked at the ad agency, I would have known I was the only person to design for that show, for that original show. And then, only because I love this so specifically so much, What did you get a print and tear it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and where, that's the way you did it. Where did the legs come from? Uh, my great friend, Jean Stone, that's her legs. Jean! 
<laughs> you queen. Who's now very, very well known because she has a, a website with a friend of hers called Idiosyncratic Fashionistas. And they're high, high fashion older ladies. I mean, older, sophisticated ladies. And she is, look her up, she's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Jean. Anyway, so that's Jean. And the the jeans with the cowboy boots was uh, our office assistant. And I asked him if he was available to come to the photo studio. What would you have given to be those legs, Stephen? I don't even... The rest of my body. I don't, I don't even want to know. Don't even... Take the legs, put me in a box, and do that. Oh, my God. I know. I can't even... It's such a hypothetical that you're getting... Yeah. I'm... You're sweating. Right. You're sweating. What was the most... A timeout from Sondheim, just for one second. Mm-hmm. What was... Maybe not the most frustrating piece that you've done, but the one that maybe took the longest or the, come on, let's just get it done already. Uh, Thorn in your side. There were lots like that. (laughs) There was one, I mean, it isn't just me in particular, not that I was working specifically. Okay. Actually, to answer that question, it just popped into my head. I know exactly what show that was. Jekyll and Hyde, Mm. when it was going to first be at uh, the Alley Theater. I must. I did so many posters for it. I was really starting to, you know, lose it. I was like, I can't think of any other ideas for this. I'm sorry. Yeah, just as much a as I love, sheet of paper. As much as I love this, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> that that was one. But then just at the end, they fell in love with the, the piece that I did, which they changed before it came to New York. After all that, but anyway, <laughs> um, I worked on a show called Total Abandon with Richard Dreyfus. It's a play. And it closed in one night. Of course, you don't know this. You don't know this when you're working on it, clearly. But it was very frustrating. We would have so many posters from so many designers in our conference room, so many presentations, and the producers just did not, they just didn't like anything. They just, no, we need to see more. No, we need to see more. Because our office was so informal, very early on in this process, Way before we knew it was a frustrating exercise. <laughs> um, well played. My poster has a very uh, crisp and clean avant-garde type that turns into finger painting. I'm sorry, I'm looking for the page number so I can... Um, Is it in here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 48. And one, one of these afternoons, one of the producers... Oh. Uh, had come into my office while I was doing the finger painting, which is, by the way, how I did the Sweeney Todd logo also. <gasps> I was we'll very, get there. It's always big on finger painting. Oh, my God, we'll get there. Um, oh, my God. You're genius. She saw me doing that, and she said, oh, that's kind of interesting. And she saw the poster very early on and kind of liked it. So after countless, countless presentations and posters later, the show was about to happen. They had to pick a piece of art. We were, we were you know, the media plan had a, an announcement ad ready for the Times. And she said, remember a couple of months ago, I walked into your office and you were finger painting? I said, yeah. She said, where's that? I kind of like that. And I pulled it out. She said, oh, that's it. Mm. And this was now, I can't tell you, How like much? pulling out your hair or trying to come up with an idea. But... Sometimes that happens. It just, 
it's either a frustrating experience or it's a, it's a breeze. Yeah. The ones that you think, you know, it's something in the park with Georgia, I would think probably would be a difficult thing to go through. The process was nothing. So you just never know. I mean, maybe this is me taking it too far, but I mean, that tear, I think, is really so important because isn't George Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, there's a tear in time. There's a a lot of reasons for the tear. But I was obsessed with ripped paper and tears. And um, there was a great graphic artist who did a lot of theater, uh, Gil Lesser, and he used to do a lot of torn paper. And I was always fascinated by how gorgeous mm-hmm. the tears could be. And he he was visiting our office one day and he sat down and showed me. He said, well, this is how you, you know, make it do this. And I was going to say, like, was this the and first tear and you just got left? I honestly like don't remember if it was the first. But, <laughs> but it was probably not an effort to do sure. that. sure. But that's because I had one of the best showing me how to do it. There are several follies options here. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one I know well. This was the first time I saw follies. Oh, was wow. This that was a I great was production. Opening night. Great production. Sat next to Barry Manilow. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love follies. <laughs> and I love this. I mean, I love them all for so many different reasons. Well, that was my, this, that one you're looking at was my nod to Bernadette Peters from mm-hmm. one, to Sunday in the Park with George with the split. And to David Byrd's original Follies that had a crack yep. down the center. So I sort of was jockeying those three elements. It's just... I, mean, I could talk about it all day. Getting away with murder, I, I, I don't know well. Well, it wasn't around very long. It was not, but I mean, as a Sondheim well, person, I like to think... Sondheim and George Firth, it was Sondheim's only play. Yes. Uh, uh, clearly, George Firth had lots of plays that he had done. Um, I, and you guys will understand where I'm coming from, (laughs) I just saw the whole thing like a clue game. The whole play was like a clue game to me. So I was really excited about it. And a lot of our front of house, which I also would be responsible for, was set up like a clue game. We had portraits of each person with, you know, just like the clue Who done it? Yeah. Kind of thing. But uh, for the poster... I wanted to get something more gothic because uh, they keep talking about how gothic this uh, doctor's office building is. So the gargoyle, uh, to me, said it quickly. And I love that the gargoyle on the poster and the gargoyle oh, in the, the ad. ads. Right. Well, that was when it didn't, the show lasted maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we showed that ad where the gargoyle is pointing the gun to his head rather than out at the audience, uh-huh. uh, as just sort of a joke ad, just to show the client. And they loved it. They said, oh, yeah, we're going to run that. And they did. Mm-hmm. That They ran that as a closing ad. Strong choice. Yeah, it was a strong <laughs> choice. Are you going page by page? Okay. A little bit. I'm trying to <laughs> hurry it up. I wanted to get to here. Frank is going to okay. literally jump out the window. I know. I no, wanted to I'm get not. to here. This Sweeney yes. Todd poster. The original Angela Lansbury, Len Cario. With... Those figures, I must have been three years old the first time I saw them. Never forgot them. And I love (laughs) this part. Uh, You talk about, you know, the drawings for Mrs. Lovett. You were asked to come up with a few. Yes. 
varying sizes and you were asked Well the varying sizes was my idea was your because idea. they I see. they said I you know okay this is a costume sketch for Mrs. Lovett and, and they gave me one of Fran Lee's costumes uh, the sketches and she was huge in the sketch huge and I thought wow as what? in rotund as in rotund yes great. very broad great 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 and I thought I I really don't you know, okay, I guess that's the way she's going to look. So I started drawing and designing. Then they told me that I was going to have to go to Angela Lansbury's apartment to show her this drawing. Which, first of all... Time out. Yeah, what? <laughs> Can you go to Angela Lansbury's apartment? <laughs> what time? Right, exactly. And do I have time to buy a tux? <laughs> and how high? <laughs> so once I knew I actually had to show her this drawing, I did variations on it, making her a little thinner each time. Smartest man on the planet. Well, it made perfect sense to me. And it was great because she looked at the... Apparently no one told her that Fran Lee had designed this costume with a lot of padding. Mm -hmm. So, that I didn't know. You were also the messenger of the costume Yes, and she was quite taken aback when I... I really thought I was going to get fired when I went back to the office for telling her that. Can you imagine? But um, she said, you know, they're, they're, I understand what you're going for and they're all really good. She said, but uh, I'll just play it fat. Let's go with the thinner drawing. So it made perfect sense to me. And she did. You really got a sense that she that was a very husky, yes. hefty woman and she was not at, at the time, yeah. certainly. She was amazing. And she absolutely did. She played she it did. that your sketch changed her performance. Well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I knew she decided she was going to play it fat that day. However, I will concede that I was excited when I saw the first preview, and they took that pose at the end of the first act. That oh, wow. knocked my head off. And really, every production I've ever seen since is yeah, the it's same. Economic. It's you the can't same do thing. That number and not end it. So that that like was that. the thing that really got me. I thought I directed three seconds of Sweeney Todd. You so sure excited. did. Is Add that your blood. next tattoo? Probably. Add blood. Probably. I was I was going to a production of Sweeney Todd on Halloween once, and I was like, "Are people going to dress up?" I didn't know, so I decided to do like a nail art moment, and I figured out how to get that image transferred onto my thumb. Oh, you're kidding. I know. I was very impressed Did with myself. Did anyone notice besides you? The people I showed. That's too dense. I was going to say, how did you do that? I have a picture of it somewhere. You, laser printer. And then rubbing oh, alcohol. Oh, okay. Transfers the toner onto the nail, but doesn't take the nail It would just look like a black up. nail. No, I have a picture of it. I'll show okay. you. You're talking about nails. I have to take the time to say, I was just looking at your nails, which are lovely. I had a line of nail polish named after my posters after the book came out. No. There's a, a no, company no. called Pop Polish, and they did a Fravor collection, which there's a uh, Sweeney Todd, Carrie, Lion King, uh, Obeya Opera. Right. I'll give you one. Wait, what? Uh, so I was very thrilled with that. I never thought anything like that would ever happen. Is it on sale somewhere? Sure. Uh, go online. Pop Polish. Pop Polish. I always thought it would be a fun job to be the person that names polish colors or paint colors or. Well, she actually, uh, 
the woman who does it, Samantha, is uh, amazing. The artistry is incredible. A lot of it is glitter-based, but so many different textures and types of glitter. It's really kind of remarkable. I just took my acrylics off, so they're, like, bare, and I'm, like, ner- yeah, you've I'm had like long I've had claws, and now they're just like, oh. nails. I'll, I'll give you a, a sample. You could paint your nails on the way back to New York. Perfect. Yes! <laughs> Can I paint them for you? <laughs> um, I'm sorry to just drool on that all day. That poster changed my life. So well thank done. you for... You're very welcome. ...caring about the field. Do you hear those bubbles, Stephen? Oh, I hear them. How sweet it is. From the makers of White Girl Rosé and Babe Rosé comes the hilariously delicious Pink Party Rosé with Bubbles. The misfits over at Swish Beverages, which includes Instagram comedian The Fat Jew, have made us all lose our shit over their newest rosé. Pink Party Rosé is sponsoring In the Room with Stephen and Dana because, well, if there's not a two-drink minimum, are you really in a room? With notes of honeydew and cantaloupe, this very pink blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Zinfandel is actually pretty good. It is what I'm drinking all summer. It is a sparkling rosé, gives you all of those bubbles, and is so refreshing for an outdoor summer treat. Is it what I'm drinking right now, Stephen? Why? I can tell by its pink hue that it is. This bottle does not have a face for podcasting. It has a face for Instagram. So buy it, drink it, pose your face off with it, lip sync for your life with it, and tag it at We Brought Wine. That was like Rosé Boppet. I don't think it's asking too much. It's a very reasonable price point. It is delicious. It's a very large bottle. I feel like it's bigger than most rosé bottles. Oh, interesting. It is a girthy bottom. Yeah, I said it. There's some quality literature on the label. They know their audience, and they are appealing to you every step of the way. Dana, when do you drink rosé? All the time. I think you're supposed to say all day. (laughs) Ask me again. Dana, when do you drink rosé? All day. Make every gathering a soiree with Pink Party Rosé. Cheers. Cheers. Pink Party. Pink Party. Pink Party! With bubbles. Avec Buble. It's a pink party, baby. <laughs> I drink rosé all day, bitch. Rosé all day. Rosé, then slay. Rosé, and then I slay. Hey! Bring me my rosé. Rosé all day. That's chicken frying in the background. Pink party. I wasn't gay until I had a sip of rosé, and then everything changed. Drunken drink. Drunk? Oh, rosé. Oh, my fried chicken is ready. Hold on. You're never going to make it in this town with a voice like that. Might as well drink up, honey. I would like to take this time to dedicate this episode to my cousin Sarah Shepard, who has hey, Sarah Hi Shepherd. Sarah Shepard, who teaches musical theater it, so impressively down in Florida. I think it's in Gainesville, and she's just like the theater teacher of all time. And she gets every Broadway poster. She comes in January and I also and, and the summer. 
sees every Broadway show she can, gets the poster, stands outside, makes sure everyone signs wow. it, no matter if they're a company manager, um, you know, crew. She's just like, who are you? Please sign it and, t- you know, write it so my students can wow. see everyone who's worked. I'm going to cry. Like, thank That's you. That's great. I'm sure she has many of your posters. So I'd like to dedicate this particular episode to Sarah Shepard. We love you. We love you, cousin Sarah. Um, We were drooling over this on the train here. I was kind of flipping (laughs) through. The buyer and seller. I mean, we know it was used. Michael Urie is God. Yes. Such a huge Barbara fan right here. Every single album, vinyl, every single film, DVD, VHS. Funny girl. Looks like me. Uh, funny Lady, which is one of my favorites. Please don't judge. I hope he has these frames somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that I was so excited when they asked me, to, first of all, to work on the show. Yeah. But my first boss, when I my very first ad agency job, my boss designed the Funny Girl logo. So I would hear, and he designed the original Hello Dolly logo, and... How to succeed. We were born at the wrong time. <laughs> and started too late. <laughs> That's why. But anyway, so I just thought it would be a fun homage to him. Yes. But I also thought how funny to, to do a takeoff on these famous Barbara Streisand yeah. images. Your heart is um, so clearly in all of this. and Oh, well, I'd love. You're clearly a I'd fan. Love, love. You oh, can't absolutely. be coming out from outside working at some no. random graphic design agency. Fan. No, you are a theater person. But I think, you know, uh, that has a lot to do with why I lasted in this so long, I think. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't a fleeting thing. I I just loved it and I wanted to just keep doing it. part of your DNA. Yeah, it is. Around when did the photoshops and they start to Um, integrate more and more? Actually, talking about the young man from Atlanta... Yeah, that's I don't remember exactly what year it is, but that was my first foray into Photoshop. I created I created that piece of art. Now, this really was horrifying for me. (laughs) I painstakingly created that piece of art in Photoshop. And then because I was not familiar with Photoshop, when I printed it out, I had done it one inch high. I mean, I never looked at the... I had no idea what size this thing was. I was just doing it. So I had to do it all over again. So I learned an inch high. So that's how I learned really a lot about Photoshop, because I had to do the whole thing over again. So it was a sort of self-taught... That's how you learn by massive failures. But when you're on a deadline, it's not as much fun. Yeah, I mean, as the the novice Photoshop user who just wants to be able to make his own cabaret postcards and not hire somebody else... To do it, I mean, I, I've had to start over too, <laughs> but this is next, obviously next level and professional. And I, I, I don't know how to create on a computer. I know I have an idea, and I know mm-hmm. how to take things that already exist and make them look nice together. Right, right. which is a, which is an art in itself. Thank you. You're very kind. It is absolutely um, true. But usually, I finish it and I just want to burn this. But the thing that's so different. Pre-technology to post-technology is that, whereas originally for presentation, pre-technology, I could only show probably three posters because that's all I had time to produce. Mm -hmm. I can now show 10 posters in the same time. 
because I never had a mm. shortage of ideas. I would have a shortage of time. Mm-hmm. So the technology did allow me to sort of expand how much I could show to a client for a show, which was always great. Have you ever thought of um, you know the posters you have created that are out and gorgeous pre-Photoshop? Have you ever looked at them and said, had I had Photoshop, I could have or would have been able sure. to... Example, maybe? An example. Um, I mean, we're spoiled. We've always had some right. element yeah. of technology. I, mean, I see it mostly in if I was designing the lettering. That's where uh, I see it mostly. Because in Photoshop okay. or Illustrator, which is where I would create the lettering, you could get crisp, tight corners mm-hmm. that you could blow up a million yeah, times. Like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That you could blow up a million times and it still looks crisp. Yes. Yes. Whereas doing it by pen... When you blow it up a million times, you see. So that stuff is the stuff that I look at and think, "Oh, you God, you know, I could have done that so much better the if I had the technology." Typography. I mean, I love a font, but ooh, I've watched videos on how they're made, and no, thank you. It's yeah. kind of how I no, feel about definitely... Instagram. Like, I'm 35. Had I had Instagram and YouTube when I was. 12, 13, 14 singing Tibet Midler videos in my room, I would have been a YouTube superstar. I would have been like, hi guys, this is me singing Bette Midler's um, Yellow Beach Umbrella. A five, six, seven, eight. Technology, man. It really, it, it changed the game for me specifically because I was now able to show so much, but it also allowed me to go off on my own because now I could do business from Connecticut mm-hmm. with sure. email. I mean, before you just couldn't do that. You're just like a, running from office to office with a that's the way you hard would, copy. That's the way you would do it. Yeah. Huge. Did she, the, the Kathy and Mo show. What How dare you? Oh, How dare, dare you? <laughs> Get out. I know we're in your home. Get out. Yeah. Isn't that the best? Gasped when I saw that. The best. That was your work. The show yes. is... There's surprising things that you've worked on that I was just like, I had no idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you had a great time with Disenchanted. Oh, Disenchanted was a lot of fun. Although we did go through an awful lot of ideas before they finally thought the Apple was the solution. But it was, it was a fun show to work on. And a little side note, that's the same legs Very from nice. Sunday in the Park, yeah. He was my go-to leg man. Yeah. We need to find him <laughs> we need to on find Instagram him. and just, I don't know, In go me. for a happy hour drinks or something. Yes. Take leg photos. Love this. Out of the Mouth of Babes. I know nothing about oh, the play. Oh, really fabulous play. I know nothing of it. It's it's cubism. The colors are very it's southwest. So There's a cat in the center. <laughs> well, part of the... Um, well, the cat plays a very important part in the play, but part of the uh, plot of the play were, uh, were were these four women who had all lived with this artist who had his house very much, the paintings looked very much Picasso-ish. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I got the cubism from. You've done a lot of things for encores. Yes, I did like six years of encores. Yeah. I love doing that. Yes, I love this section of um, the ones that they didn't unpublished. use. Yes, again, I like to see the strings. Well, I always, you know, it's kind of a fun thing to look at afterward. Yeah. 
Look at that Merrily one with the. With the so sunglasses. this is the one that did get used. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. There it is. Yes. With the aviator glasses and just the reflection. That. that would maybe work for the one that we just saw. I did a fiasco. Uh, they did Cymbeline, which has the Shakespeare thing that has mm-hmm. like 5,000 people in the cast. Yeah. They did it with eight people or six people, and it was unbelievably fantastic. <laughs> did they do the puppet things and the... They used every trick in the book, and the only thing they had was holograms. a box. Wow. That was it. They had a box, and it was magical. Got Love. Well, regionally, I do a lot of work for Palm Beach Drama Works, and the fabulous, the most fabulous thing for me about doing regional theater is I get to work on all the plays that I couldn't, I didn't work on when they were in New York. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, Second go around. Yeah, it's pretty fabulous. Uh, Are you working on anything at the moment? I just, I'm doing a thing for Save the Children, but it's not a poster. And I just finished... Uh, poster for do, 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 June first, Night of a Thousand Judies at Joe's <gasps> Pub. Yeah, I can show it to you. Justin Sayer and um, yep. do you, you know Dan Fortune. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yep. So I just did that, and I'm excited about that. Have you done movies? Uh, I did actually for a little while, uh, but I was never a big. I love movies. You, I mean, look around you. Love we'll them, but I do not love working on them. Everybody's scattered to the four winds. Sometimes you have to wait months to Ooh. hear back on something. And maybe things changed a little bit now with technology. I was doing this pre-technology. But you'd wait months and then you would get your piece of art back with 7,000 comments from different people written all over it. And you'd have to then adjust it. And Too many cooks thought, in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I like it better when I go to the producer's office and they say yes or no. Exactly. Sure, it's more scrappy. It's yeah. like, I like it. And it's one on one. And you, if something's wrong, you just hear about it. And you don't have to wait six months to do it. What uh, if you could go back in time and design the movie poster for any movie? I don't know. I have so many favorite movies that the one I would want to design for, I was going to say, you know, I'm obsessed with Elizabeth Taylor and Cleopatra. I don't think I would even want to attempt that. Mm-hmm. So that one's off the table. Yeah, it's right, always your favorite. It's yeah, I couldn't possibly uh, do that Beauty. one. Would you do well, animated? No, I mean, Sleep of Beauty is very specific. I mean, yeah. it has its own style and anything you would have to design would have to look yeah. in that style, which is gorgeous and I love it I just wouldn't feel like I was giving anything to it I think maybe something like Psycho or uh, I don't know maybe that would be the one Rear Window Rear Window I adore yeah. and I, I would give that I would give that a alright a, a nice and I love this I love the ear I love the face I love the line thank you these are all posters that weren't used. You know that, right? Yes. Okay. It's in the unpublished chapter. Yes. The last chapter. Of the book, including this Into the Woods Jr., which I also love because it's crayon. It is Looks like a child crayon. entered it into a contest. And quite honestly, <laughs> I asked my nephew and niece, who were like eight and six at the time, I asked them to draw a wolf, I asked them to draw a shoe, I asked them to draw a flower. That checks out. And then I sort of mimicked what they had given me. 
But I think the Kennedy Center thought it looked too um, a little primitive for them, so didn't go that way. And that was my bridesmaid into the woods poster, which was in full color, but I don't know where that piece of word is. Wow. Look at that hair. It's a gorgeous book. How did the book it's really come to be? Did you know you wanted to do this? Did somebody well, hunt I mean, you down and of say... Of course I would love to you know, be having my work all in one place. And quite honestly, we had already moved to Connecticut. I got a phone call cold one day from a literary agent in Florida who had just heard an interview I gave on uh, Sirius Radio. Mm-hmm. And she said, did anyone ever ask you to write a book? And I said, no. And she said, well, would you like to? Sure, why not? So we put a proposal together, and Schiffer Publishing bought it. And you're such a book guy to have I know, one I'm of your books oh, please. in your you book house. Is you know, amazing. The, the thing that excited me the most, and you guys will yeah. certainly identify with it. Yeah. The thing that excited me the most with this whole thing was the Verlizzo on the spine. Seeing my name on the spine mm-hmm. of the book Verlizzo. was like, oh my god! So that was a big thrill for me. Uh, how long did the book? take uh about a year about a year because again i mean the poster work's already done it was you had to the write poster work was done but i had to find a lot of it. it down yes and i mean quite honestly the painful part is i changed agencies like every six years so there were huge amounts of files and for shows that i worked on that are gone because i just when i would move leave i would Again, half of this is not on a computer where you can just yeah. Search. Oh no, it was Sweeney all art. No, it was all original art. <laughs> uh, well, if you ever need legs again, and you know, you know your other dude is out of town, <laughs> dancer has long limbs, calves for days. <laughs> My legs are your legs, <laughs> as needed. You can play Clue with three people: one living, one dead, <laughs> one fictional. Who are they? <laughs> One living, um, I'll say Joe because he's a great, fun person to play any games with. And he's downstairs. And he's downstairs, <laughs> uh, having made us a fabulous brunch. Yes. Um, dead, of course, Elizabeth Taylor. How could I not invite her God bless. if I'm able to? And what was the third? Uh, fictional. Fictional. Hmm. I would say uh, I would invite Miss Marple. <laughs> Except she'd probably win. But. You're living. <laughs> Do you love that movie, Murder by Death? It, you know, I didn't when I saw it in the movies, but subsequently on TV, I actually kind of like it. I, it's weird when that happens, but I saw it when I was very young for the first time, and I didn't realize it was a parody on anything. Right. Um, it's Marbles. Right. Didn't know Elsa Lanchester Marble for a while. A gift. Fabulous. Like I said, it's one of those things that plays better. I think on TV than it did in actual theater. Same thing with the Clue movie. Mm-hmm. When I saw it in the movies, I was like, "This is awful," but yeah. it's actually kind of fun on TV. So I have no idea why, but it's a little aside. Babes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't even know Thirteen Dead End Drive, but I just saw it. Yeah, it's very, that's uh, very esoteric. It's a Clue ripoff. I love that you love a board game. I do love board games, but I specifically, the reason I think I'm attracted to Clue specifically is for the designs. They're so, 
taking I, the framework of the same thing, this house, you have to design it differently for each version of it. And I just kind of find that very fascinating. Have you ever thought yeah. of designing your own clue? I, would, I was actually thinking of like a Broadway clue. Like a Broadway that would be clue. kind of fun, but no one's ever asked me, and I don't think I would take the time to do it on my own. You just have to rig it so that it's always yeah. Sweeney Todd. Well, that would be one of the characters for sure. Yeah. Ooh, Sondheim Clue. (laughs) Sondheim Clue would be good too. Ooh, train ride home. That's good. Yep. It wasn't a dad, it was just her look. And then then call Parker Brothers and let him know. Yeah. I have a idea. (laughs) Just came to me. Just send a few emails, it's fine. Yeah. Technology. Hi, ho! We have a question we like to ask all of our guests. Uh, there are seven very well-known dwarves in history. Mm-hmm. If you were the eighth, what would your name be? Hmm. If I were the eighth dwarf, I'm not used to being referred to as a dwarf by any means. You're a very tall, but gorgeous I man. But I would say, um, hmm. You know, artsy. Artsy dwarf. Artsy. Approved. Fitting. That checks out. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? (laughs) We like to also ask, and this will be fun because you just met us both today. We love to ask uh, what your first impression of each of us was. Oh, well, first of all, you're both very gorgeous. So that's always my first impression. Like, wow, look at them. So that's pretty fabulous. The fact that you weren't in the spot I thought you were going to be sort of threw me for a minute. But once I identified that these are the people I, I was meeting, yes, just, I'd say gorgeous, elegant, very New York. We got elegant, dum, dum, dink, got elegant. It's not the first time we've had to be sought. We, we were not in the uh, place we were supposed to be with Dick Scanlon. That's true. And his answer to this question was also, you were not in the place that I thought you were going to be. So once I found you. Quick shout out, Dick Scanlon and Carmel Dean. Renaissance, by the time this airs, is now available. The uh, off-Broadway cast album. Uh, You can go download it. Yes. Wherever you buy your cast albums. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Can people find you? Are you have a website? Are you on social uh, media? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook, certainly. Uh, I'm on Instagram, but I have to say I very rarely post much. If I post anything, it's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I just actually posted today. You know, Facebook does those pop-ups where a year ago, this is what you posted. Yeah. <laughs> well, a year ago, I had the Fravor exhibit at Sofitel for the Tony Awards. So they had the entire lobby with all of my posters, specifically in one section, the posters I had done for the Tony Awards. Uh Um, So the pictures that I posted today were from that. Uh, It was my first book signing. The book had just come out. It was the first book signing. And Safatel hosted it. It was great. What fun. And was was it fun for you to look back at all your stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, putting the book together was... Was, was a lot of fun. But I had, speaking of websites, I had a fravor.com website, which I still do, but I vastly changed it now to uh, basically focus on the book. Mm-hmm. The original website had posters and backstories. Mm-hmm. So I had at least 
some material written already and some material that I had already found and filed in the mm-hmm. same place. That was the one fabulous advantage to having done the book is now I have all of these posters in one place and I know where to find them. Another thing about this book is that there's commentary. Oh, yeah. You know, so there's commentary by Bernadette Peters about the Follies poster. So it's it's from the mouths of the the actors and the, I don't mm-hmm. know, their directors. Yeah, and, and Liz Calloway and yeah. um, Judy, Judy Kay. Judy mentioned. Manny Eisenberg. Gerard Allison Dreamy. Did you have to call these people up and say, hey, I'm doing a book. Well, you you want to say something? <laughs> I emailed them and asked uh, their thoughts on theater posters. That was what I had asked for. Uh, and they wrote some lovely stuff. It must be great to just churn out something and then see it, and it's forever, and everyone well, that's, else sees yes, it. Yes, that's the part I love. That It's the thing that introduces you to any show, and it's the thing that stays behind when the show closes. So it's sort of there forever. On that note, thank you so much. It has been an incredible honor. Thank for you guys for coming. Home. They made a keto brunch for me. There was shrimp, salmon, chicken, <laughs> Cheeses of the world, pepperonis, Parmesan crackers, Prosecco, Prosecco, (laughs) mostly Prosecco, salad, a zoodle moment, zoodles, (laughs) which is a zucchini noodle. It has been such a pleasure. We're in Connecticut. The birds are chirping. Yes, you caught perfect weather. We are seeing butterflies. We ate outside, which was lovely. Our first field trip was a massive success. We're surrounded by pop culture memorabilia and Elizabeth Taylor pillows and <laughs> leopard print chairs. Very close to what heaven looks like it's, in my we're in heaven. version of forever. It is for me. <laughs> Come on. I mean, there's Cleopatra, there's Sondheim books, there's art books, there's there's Amanda Lepore coffee table books. There's <laughs> records. <gasps> Look at his records. Uh, yeah, you didn't collection. see those records, <gasps> did you? Records are my thing. I love records. Those are the soundtracks that I collected. We just finally got a record player. And my mom sent a bunch of vinyl that my grandpa saved. Including, like, Evita. Chorus line. Oh, how There's great. Game There's Monopoly. There. There's a Tippy Hedron uh, doll. What? Yeah. I would never leave this floor of the house. We're not leaving, but we probably should. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank so, you so much. This was fun. Verlizzo. But you can call him Fravor yes, if you see do. him on the street. Yes. And please say hi. And uh, anywhere you get books or online, if you get your books that way, it's Fravor by Design. Five decades of theater poster art from Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. I keep this book near my uh, my Sondheim lyrics books. Look, oh. I made a hat and Thank you. We didn't even talk about Carrie. We didn't even talk about Carrie. Uh, he did Carrie. <laughs> All right. And on, on that note, shout out Drew Hollenbeck. <laughs> I know you love Carrie. His favorite show is Carrie. Bye. Bye. In the Room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizy and Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com. We apologize and you're welcome. 
We'd also like to thank Jesse Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode. You can find him at jessewiener.com. Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at InTheRoomPod. Follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.